We are on the Gemara on Lamed Aleph, Lamed Aleph 31A2 in the Art Scroll Gemara. Uh, we are continuing on with our discussion uh, about the difference between a Suffolk Gerishin and a Suffolk Kedushin. So again, the Mishnah said that if there's a situation of, uh, of Yibam, potentially Yibam, <coughs> where uh, there's a live brother... And then the, the other brother passes away without any children, and he's married to two women. One of them has the option of doing even rechalitza. It's a regular regular situation. The other one is an erva to the to the live brother. So let's say the deceased brother married his niece, and so there's an exemption from even rechalitza. So the case is where there's a questionable marriage versus a questionable divorce, and the Gemara until now has been assuming that there's a difference in the halacha between these two cases. That when it comes to a questionable marriage with the erva, with the niece, uh, because, the, because the status quo is that uh, the co-wife should be able to do yibam, so therefore we say, as a stringency, do chalitza, and if yibam ends up taking place, so it's not a big deal, because the status quo is anyways that you're allowed to do yibam. So we'll say, do chalitza as a stringency, because maybe, in fact, they were married, uh, the, he was married to the niece, and that makes the co-wife a co-wife of an erva, and so therefore they would be exempt. So we say do chalitza, uh, just to be sure, as a stringency. But if you end up doing yibam, it's not a big deal, because we follow the law that we go based on the status quo anyways. However, when it comes to a self-egerishin, a questionable divorce to the erva, to the niece, where they were for sure married at a certain point in time, the question is whether or not they got divorced. So that's a very different case. The status quo there is that the tsara, the co-wife, is really the co-wife. The status quo is that the husband was married to two women. And so therefore the co-wife is the co-wife of an erva, of somebody who is exempt from yibam. So therefore the status quo is also that the co-wife, the tsara, should also be exempt from yibam or chalitza. And as such, we will say, don't do chalitza. As a stringency, do not do chalitza. Why not? Because if you, have, if you do chalitza, there's concern that, ah, oh, people will say, if I could do chalitza, I could also do yibam. And if they do yibam, that would be a big problem because the status quo says that she's exempt from yibam, that she can really marry whoever she wants, and that she's totally exempt from yibam, which means that if she ends up doing yibam, it's a severe prohibition. It's marrying your brother-in-law outside the context of yibam, which is a severe prohibition. So there is a, a, a big difference whether or not the question at hand is a questionable uh, kiddushin, uh, marriage, versus a questionable divorce in this context. So the Gemara now is going to, to ask uh, the following question that seems to imply against our assumptions that we've been making until now. The Gemara says, When it comes to Gerishin, a questionable divorce, isn't there another Mishnah that discusses this topic and says, by a questionable divorce, that we do require Chalitza? That we do, in fact, require Chalitza? And we're not concerned about the fact that they'll end up doing Yibam, if we allow for chalitza that uh, they'll end up doing yibam, that's not really a concern. Because we have the following Mishnah. There's another Mishnah not found in Yivamos, but it's found in the tractate of Gitin, uh, Mesechus Gitin, which discusses the laws of divorce. And it says as follows, Let's say the wife was, they were married, the wife was standing in the public domain. We say that if the get that he gave to her, that he threw to her, was close to her, so then it's a good divorce. Completely, 100% good divorce. If it was closer to him, it's they're not divorced. Mechza, mechza, but if it was 50-50, it was half and half. 
it was uh, just as close to her, it was equal. It was, uh, let's say, they were four almos away uh, from the middle, uh, approximately six feet away from the, from the middle, and it ended up right in the middle between the husband and the wife. So the law is, that is the case of the questionable divorce, and the law is that she's viewed as divorced with regards to certain areas, and not divorced with regards to others. So what is the case? So what, with regards to which areas of law do we say that it's like she's divorced? Because it will, it will say that, because we're not sure, we'll say that um, that she's, she's not divorced and she would require a new get. So in what, in what areas of law do we say that it's like she's already divorced? So the Gemara gives two explanations. And this is what the Gemara in Gitin is, is referring to. Number one is that if her current husband is a Kohen, a Kohen is not allowed to marry a divorcee. And so therefore, it's forbidden, even though it's not really viewed as a, as a divorce, they're still married, it's forbidden for the Kohen uh, to, uh, to re, not even allowed to remarry her. He wouldn't be allowed to remarry her because, or to stay with her because she would be viewed as divorced. So the Kohen husband was not allowed to uh, continue to be and to live with her. That is ramification number one. Ramification number two is what applies to us. The second ramification is that if this get is given, this questionable get, we're not sure if it was actually a divorce or not. So the ramification is, well, if she is an erva, if she is the wife of this deceased brother who is, and, he mar- and this is the niece also, and he married his niece, and so she's an erva, so then the co-wife would have to do chalitza. The law is the co is chalitza. We view it as we were concerned that maybe this is really a good get, a good divorce. And therefore, the only one who is left married to this husband who passes away is the co-wife. So then the co-wife has to do chalitza because we're concerned. Can't do yibam uh, because maybe they, they didn't get divorced. But if they did get divorced and we're concerned that they got divorced, so then uh, we should require chalitza. And that's what the Mishnah says. The Mishnah is telling us that we view them as getting divorced to require chalitza. We're not concerned that she'll, maybe she'll end up doing yibam. For whatever reason, we're not concerned for that. But we do require chalitza. That seems to be going straight up against all of our assumptions that we've been making until now. We've been assuming until now that if there's a question, we'll get a questionable divorce. So then we do not require chalitza. We say that she could marry whoever she wants without doing chalitza or yibam. Uh, with the brother-in-law. She's just allowed to go. She's free to marry wherever she wants. Uh, that's our assumption until now. Now we see that there's a Mishnah, which seems to say, and the Mishnah does say, that if they, uh, if if there's this questionable divorce, so then the co-wife would have to do Chalitza. Seems to be a direct contradiction. So how do we deal with this? So the Gemara is going to suggest one answer. Ultimately, after a lot of back and forth, it will reject this answer. And it's going to reject all the assumptions that we made. We'll see that there's a new opinion that rejects the assumptions that we've made. That in a questionable divorce, uh, whether or not we say that they could, that they should do chalitza or not, we'll see that that uh, that'll be the, at the end of this recording. Uh, but how do we, at first the, the Gemara tries to give an explanation? How could we still say that our Mishnah holds that a questionable get does not require chalitza because the status quo? is that she's allowed to marry whoever she wants, so therefore we will not require chalitza, as opposed to the Mishnah in Gitin. This other Mishnah, which is found elsewhere, seems to imply that, no, we do require chalitza. So how do we how do we solve this problem? So the Gemara wants to suggest, at first, that we could solve it as follows. There are different types. We'll, say, we'll explain it outside, and then we'll see it inside. There are different types 
of uh, questionable divorces in this case, where he, the husband threw it to the wife and it ends up lands up in the middle. And so therefore we don't know whether it's a, it was closer to her or closer to him. There are different types of spekos that we have, questionable scenarios that we have. And so the Gemara suggests two different types. One type is where we have two witnesses say that it was closer to her, two witnesses say that it was closer to him. That is situation number one. Two witnesses say closer to her, two witnesses say closer to him. And so therefore we don't know what to do. Um, case number two is not that we have two witnesses. In Jewish law we need to have a minimum of two witnesses, uh, certainly in these cases of, of with regards to uh, divorce. So it's not where we have two witnesses, we just have one witness, which is really uh, meaningless when it comes to the laws of Ishus of marriage and divorce, uh, but there's one witness who says that it was closer to him, uh, and another witness who says that no, it was closer to her. And so we're basically left with a question. Uh, they're not halakhically viewed as as witnesses because you need to have two witnesses proving one point or, and, or testifying about one point, and we don't have that. We have one witness saying that it was closer to him, another witness saying it was closer to her. So those are the two different scenarios. And the Gemara wants to say that there are major ramifications between these two different scenarios. And in general, when it comes to Jewish law and trying to bring proofs to the court, the best proof that a person can bring is witnesses. Those are, that is the best proof. And once you bring two witnesses, once you bring two witnesses, it's like that is that is truth. That is MS. That is truth. And the Bezin has to assume that that is the truth. So when we have two witnesses who contradict each other, it's an interesting question now because we have two witnesses that contradict each other and they both represent truth. And so the Gemara is going to suggest that when we have two witnesses who contradict each other, case number one, they contradict each other. Two, one pair of witnesses say that it was closer to her. Another pair says that it was closer to him. So there's no way to resolve that. That is a, a suffix from a Torah law, from a Torah perspective, that there's no way to solve. We cannot now bring in, oh, let us use the status quo to solve this. No, there's no way to solve it. Once two witnesses say that it, was, that it was closer to her, so then we have two witnesses say that it was closer to her. You cannot bring any further proof to say otherwise. It's impossible to bring any further proof to, proof to say otherwise because the highest level of proof are witnesses. And we have two witnesses to say that it was closer to her, that she is divorced, and therefore we should require... Yibam, we should require Yibam Rechalitza. Happens to be that there are two other witnesses who say that it's closer to him. So that's why you can't even do Yibam. That maybe that she's not divorced. Uh, and so then the Tsara, the co-wife, uh, would be totally exempt. So we have two witnesses that are contradicting each other and using any other way of trying to solve the situation uh, is, not, is, not, is not possible. It's not possible because it would be contradicting something which is true. And we have basically truths which are contradicting each other. So we cannot apply the principle of Chazaka, of using the status quo in such a scenario. And so therefore, the, the Mishnah in Gitin, the Gemara will explain, is referring to that case. It's referring to the case where we have uh, two witnesses, uh, two, two different pairs going against each other. Two, saying, two witnesses saying it was closer to her, two witnesses saying closer to him. And we cannot apply the principle of Chazaka. We can't apply the principle of status quo, and therefore we say do Chalitza. However... When it's one and one, one witness says it was closer to her, one witness says it was closer to him. So one witness is uh, is not acceptable. It's not it's not accepted in Beisdin, in the court. We need two witnesses when it comes to the laws of marriage and divorce. And so therefore, uh, we have a suffix. We, have a, we don't know what happened. And then we could rely on Chazaka because we don't have witnesses testifying as, as halakhic witnesses. Uh, for the minimum of two, because we don't have that, so therefore we could rely on the Chazaka, and that's what our mission is discussing. 
Our Mishnah is discussing a case where we could rely on the Chazaka because we don't have witnesses, and the Chazaka tells us, the status quo tells us, that she is exempt. If she's exempt, so then we won't even do Chalitza, because there's concern that she'll end up doing Yibam, which is a severe prohibition, if she's really exempt. That's what the Gemara says. So let's see this inside. The Gemara says that there's a clear difference between the two cases. The case in Gittin, which says do Chalitza, is where we have two witnesses say it was closer to her, two witnesses say it was closer to him. So we cannot rely on Chazaka, on the status quo, because once you have witnesses, we cannot bring any other uh, way of solving this problem because the witnesses is truth. It's uh, it's it's from the Bazin's perspective, from the court's perspective, it is the ultimate truth. However, if it's just one and one, uh, so then we could rely on Chazaka, and that's our mission to say that we rely on Chazaka, and so therefore uh, we would assume that the status quo is that she's exempt from Chalitza and Yiba. So the Gemara asks, So in the end of the day, why does our Mishnah assume, why is our Mishnah giving a case where there's only it's one and one, where there, we don't have two witnesses on both sides? The, so let if our Mishnah, the Mishnah itself, again the, the Mishnah itself uh, asks, what is the case of Suffolk Kedushin and the case of Suffolk Gerushin? A questionable Kedushin marriage and a questionable get, questionable divorce. And so they said for the questionable marriage, it's where it was. Uh, he gave the marriage document and it landed <coughs> um, equidistant to, to the husband and wife. And so therefore it was a questionable marriage. But they didn't give a similar case when it comes to the divorce. So the Gemara assumed that the, the reason why they didn't give a similar case to the divorce is because when it comes to a questionable divorce, uh, we don't say that we require chalitza. That's what the Gemara said at the beginning. Uh, but why can't the Mishnah then, according to the logic that we just gave, that there's different types of questionable divorces, so then, let the Mishnah give a case where there are two witnesses. Why Why did the Mishnah give a case where there's only well, one pair, and one saying it was closer to her, one saying it was closer to him, and give a case where two witnesses say it was closer to her, two witnesses say it was closer to him. So the answer is no, dumya de kedushin. Ma kedushin b'kasachas, No, because it has to be parallel to the first case. The first case is the questionable marriage, and the questionable marriage is where there is just one and one. So the Gemara asks, I don't understand, how do we know that our Mishnah, when it discusses marriage, it's discussing a case where there is one witness saying it was closer to him, one witness saying it was closer to her, maybe that case itself was discussing a case where we had two witnesses and two witnesses. How do you know it's one and one to make a parallel for the get case? So the Gemara answer is, if it was two and two with regards to whether or not the Kiddushin, the marriage was closer to her or to him, once we have Two witnesses and two witnesses. So then we should do Yibam. We should allow Yibam. Forget about Chalitza. We should just allow Yibam. Uh, because we have two witnesses saying that it was closer to her, closer to him. And so therefore they were never married. Let the co-wife go ahead and do Yibam. Uh, and, and we can rely on the status quo. Essentially saying we can rely on the status quo uh, to say that she, the co-wife, who is not the relative, the co-wife is the only wife. And there was a questionable marriage. So therefore let her do Yibam. The Gemara interjects and says, how could you say such a thing? It says, I don't understand. We just said that if we have two witnesses and two witnesses, we do not rely on status quo. So how could you even uh, entertain such a possibility? When it comes to Kiddushin, also by Kiddushin, if we have two and two, uh, so then it's a contradiction. We cannot rely on status quo. Uh, so, how could you say that you should do Yibam if we have two and two, we don't rely on status quo? That could be the case of the Mishnah. Let the case of Kiddushin, the question of Kiddushin, be a case 
doesn't make a difference. Whether it's one and one or two and two, it doesn't shouldn't make a difference. We should be able uh, to say that in both cases we require chalitza because we do not rely on the status. We, we do not rely on uh, the status quo to allow uh, for yibum. Even in, if, especially in a case of two and two, we shouldn't rely on the chazaka, and therefore we should require chalitza in the case of gedushin. So essentially, the gemara is asking. The next case, the case of Gittin, of the divorce, could also be two and two. So why didn't our Mishnah give a case of two and two where we said you should do Chalitza? The Gemara says, but I even have another question. The Gemara says that I even have a further question to question all of our assumptions. And the Gemara says, even in the case of two and two, we've been assuming until now in the case of two and two, that's the case where we do not, where we ignore the status quo, the Chazaka. Because once we have two and two, you have two witnesses on both on saying it was closer to her, two witnesses saying that it was closer to him. Once you have that, that contradiction, there's no other proof that you could bring. There's no other way to solve it because we have, we have truth on one hand from one pair of witnesses. We have truth on the other hand. So there's no way to, to really solve this. And we cannot even use the principle of status quo. The Gemara says, but we do, we find elsewhere that we do use the status quo. Status quo is a little different. It's not really a proof. It's not evidence. It's just how to deal with a situation when there's doubt, when we don't know what to do. So even if you have two witnesses, and that's the greatest evidence you can bring on both sides, but the point of status quo, the point of chazaka, is just to tell us what to do when we don't know what to do and we're stuck. So here too, we're stuck. And then we can even bring a proof to this idea. Even when there's two and two, we should rely on the chazaka to say that she's married and she's totally exempt from Yibam and Chalitza. She's married, the co-wife is married, they're both married, that's the status quo, and they should be exempt from Yibam and Chalitza. Where do we find that even in the case of two and two, we go, we, we, we go, we go based on status quo? So the Gemara brings a proof. It's based on the property, an incident that happened with regards to the property of Barshatya. Barshatya was somebody who was, he had a certain illness, a mental illness, where sometimes he was able to... Um, be involved and understand the realities of the world, and sometimes he wasn't. He wasn't able, he was a shota, he was somebody who was deranged. If you are deranged, so then, even if you make a try, attempt to make a transaction while you're deranged, it's not viewed as valid. Halakhically, a person has to be in tune with the reality and understand what is going on in the world in order to make a transaction. So we have this person here who sometimes is able to make the transaction, sometimes is not able to, because sometimes he's a shota, he's somebody who's deranged. So there was a certain situation where he sold, he sold his property. So we now, the case happened where there was a contradiction. Two witnesses said that he sold it while he was healthy, while he was able to understand what was going on. Two witnesses said that no, he sold it while he was deranged, and therefore the sale is not a valid sale. Uh, the, turn the page. We have two witnesses going against two witnesses, and we leave it where it is. The status quo is that it belongs to Barshatya. We leave the the, land, the property where it is by Barshatya, so we see that we follow the status quo, and it's not viewed as a sale. We follow the status quo to say that it stays by Barshatya. So we find cases where we have two witnesses against two witnesses, and we do follow the status quo. So how could you tell me that we don't follow the status quo in a case of two and two? So that essentially rejects the the entire answer. The entire answer, answer to distinguish between two and two witnesses versus one and one is 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 not true because we find elsewhere where we have two and two witnesses, two witnesses that contradict each other, and we do follow the status quo. So rather, the Gemara says as follows: Ella Amar Abaye, and we'll conclude with this uh, this line. Abaye says, 
after going through that whole discussion, it's really that Mishnah in Gitin which says that we require chalitza in a case of a questionable get is really true. Amar by Yogid Alavreyo. The whole, all the assumptions we were making until now are incorrect. The Mishnah gave a case of Suffolk Kiddushin, a questionable Kiddushin, marriage, where it, he threw the Kiddushin, the marriage document, and it's unclear if it was closer to her or to him. And it didn't give a similar case when it comes to Gitin. And we wanted to make the following deduction that by Gitin, if it was a questionable get, uh, so then really we would not require Chalitza. Abayi says it's not true. It applies to both cases. That uh, He basically quotes an idea that uh, one sheds light on the other, that the case of Kiddushin also applies to the case of the questionable divorce. The case of the questionable divorce also applies to the case of the questionable Kiddushin. We're just giving different cases, different examples, but they all apply to each other. And Tana B'Kiddushin V'Wadim L'Gerishin, Tana B'Kiddushin V'Wadim B'Kiddushin. The same cases apply to uh, apply to each other. And it, the truth is, it says Abaye, this is the main point, in a questionable divorce, when there's a questionable divorce, even in a case where it's questionable whether it was closer to her or to him, we will say that we do require chalitza. And we do not go based on the status quo to say that the status quo is that she's totally exempt and so therefore don't do chalitza because maybe she'll do yibam. No. No. We won't say that. We'll say that if it's a questionable divorce, we don't know what to do. We will not follow the status quo. We will not go based on the status quo in this case. There's a whole discussion, discussion why we won't go based on the status quo. But we won't go based on the status quo in this case. We'll say that there's, this, is a, this is a real suffix, a real questionable situation. So do chalitza. We'll tell you do chalitza both in the case of the kiddushin of the marriage and in the case of the questionable uh, divorce. And so we'll see the rest of the Gemara in the next recording as it continues in this new opinion of Abaye.